What's up, everybody, and welcome to Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. I am your host, Lucas Agan, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Ryan Smith. Ryan, we are coming at you on Halloween Day when we're recording. So how was your weekend, and do you have plans with the little ones? Just just some good old-fashioned uh, trick-or-treating. We we had the pleasure of meeting up with my brother and, and family uh, down at a pumpkin patch last night, so that was good. However, we did not get our pumpkin carving in, so I think we're still going to do it anyway, and we'll just keep it up as like a fall decoration. Um, I know the little was a little disappointed that we didn't get a chance to do that, but all in all, it was pretty solid. Um, Gaming-wise... I didn't I've been I've been getting down. I'm back on that Overwatch 2 comp. So uh still going through my placements and stuff like that. So that's been fun. We know that. And we'll talk a little bit about it as well. The grand finals for Overwatch League 2, or, or I'm sorry, Overwatch League 2. Overwatch League uh started this past weekend as well. So the competition has heated up over there. And um other than that, though, I didn't even dude, I didn't even play any Destiny. I had the pleasure of going down to uh I, I believe it was called evo club uh out here in las vegas i was streaming for the uh on the las vegas inferno channel uh we're doing a road to um a, a level a thousand the dark matter camo and then of course uh the american society cancer or the, the american cancer society uh we were also doing a charity uh for there so again for everybody that that donated that hung out that helped we appreciate it. Uh, I, I know we're super close to our goal, and I think this might be the last day of streams for that. So all in all, it was pretty solid. I, I am I am excited also because today was the first day that my daughter went to daycare. This is the first time in three years I've been working from home that I will be legitimately home by myself. So I'm very excited about that as well. <laughs> How was your weekend? My bro? weekend was good. You know, honestly, I, I have been knee deep in Marvel Snap. Uh, I, I That game... It's freakishly addicting. And uh, like, you know, I think I mentioned this last week, the, the fact that it's only six turns means those games go by so quick, but you will stack up games mm. like no other and, and then wonder what the heck you just did for the last couple hours. Love the game. Uh, I, I still <laughs> do wonder about the longevity of it, but for now I am having a ton of fun with it. Uh, but uh yeah, you know, also we're both excited because the Esports Business Summit start, well, I guess started Tuesday because yes. it'll be coming out on Wednesdays, goes through Thursday. And of course, we are a finalist for Best Podcast at the Tempest Awards, which are tonight at the day of release. Uh, so everybody wish us luck. And of course, thank you again yes. to Ed Thompson, Complete Gamer LV on Twitter for nominating us uh, again without our knowledge, which just blows my mind, Ryan. Uh, anytime I think about that, that uh, they would fork over the nomination process for us uh and and we just got the email so <laughs> hopefully good things are ahead uh Absolutely. you know we all love to win awards but i'm going to be honest with you ryan i really hope we win this one just because uh it was a listener that nominated us we want to do them proud uh I don't know, right? Are you pumped for the awards? Are you ready for this? I am. I'm excited. I'm I'm to to be able to be there and and just be a representative. And uh, again, a huge thanks to Complete Gamer for believing in in the podcast and believing in us and what we're doing. And and to to put himself out there and and put us up for a nomination. We are you know eternally humbled and honored. Um, so we hope we uh, uh you know we'll represent the best that we can. So very excited for that. Exactly. And we're not the only person on this show today that will be at the Esports Business Summit this week. <laughs> we are joined by a very special guest, the CEO of X1 Entertainment Group, Mark Elfenbane. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Are you ready for Vegas? I am. I, I love coming to Vegas. Uh, you know, there's so much you know good things to do out there. Uh, you know, great restaurants, and it seemed like a lot of great people coming to this event this week. Perfect. And, you know, have you attended the, the summit in the past? I haven't attended this specific summit, but I've been in the gaming industry quite a bit. So I've been to a lot of, you know, the E3 mm -hmm. expos and a lot of the major uh, gaming conferences every year, but, you know, very excited to come to this one. And it seems like there's a lot of activity culminating in esports right now. So it's it's pretty timely. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, this is this is going to be huge. This is something that we've talked about here uh, a lot, just about especially Las Vegas kind of being a hub 
for esports. So I, I feel like we've positioned ourselves as a city there. So it makes sense to have uh, such a, 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 a big thing like this come out here. Uh, this is going to be huge. Again, this is people uh, from throughout the esports industry, gaming industry coming together. There's going to be workshops. Uh, there's going to be keynote speeches. There's there's uh, after parties, um, all kinds of things. So it's a three day event that is that is absolutely huge. And people coming from not only across the country, but across the world uh, to come here and have that. We've got the esports awards also coming this December. So this has got me. I, I just love the fact, too, that. It's not just about the games, the competition, but it's also an opportunity for people to get together, to network, to learn, to see how people are, are doing things, to get yourself in front of um, maybe some brands or or some people that you haven't had access to before. So this is a great opportunity. I believe this is going down at the MGM Grand is where this is. So this is a great convention space as well. So I'm, I'm really pumped to to get there and, and see what what all they have to offer and and sit down in some panels and and stuff like that. I, I, I I'm totally a nerd for conventions and stuff like that. So <laughs> I'm pumped. What about you, Lucas? I know you got a big slate uh, ahead for this as well. Oh man, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Speaking of panels, uh, if anyone is in town for this <laughs> summit, uh, I'm moderating a panel on Thursday at 10:45 a.m. Uh, about creating content that sticks. Uh, so if you're out and about, be sure uh, to come and check that one out. No, I am super excited. It is always fun to get together. Uh, you know, Ryan, I think we've both said this in the past. Uh, after coming out of the pandemic, just these chances to gather together and meet people with similar interests that they're passionate about is just so much fun. Something that, especially in a city like Vegas that has so many conventions, uh, something that I, I think I took for granted pre-pandemic, and it's nice to be there mm. and, and be around people, uh, be around other gamers, be around people who love this esports world. Uh, and the fact that that Vegas is becoming uh, such a, a, a amazing destination for all these conferences uh, just makes it easier on us. And it's nice. It's nice to be out in, with people again. I'm, I'm a people person. I love conventions. Yeah, I agree. Let me ask you, Mark. Uh, I know you said you haven't been to this particular summit, but you're going to be out here uh, this week. What are you hoping to get or learn or what's kind of your goal of, of being out here and, and, and coming to the summit? Well, what was pretty interesting to us is you have a lot of major uh, Fortune 500 brands that are attending this year to mm -hmm. see how they can get involved in esports and, and reach Gen Z users, which is where we come in with a couple of the um, companies we've acquired and in, in our holdings. So that was really a big draw. And then the topics of the, um, of the discussions looked also really interesting. This is a very fast moving space just with, um, you know, how large the industry has grown in the past couple of years and where it's going to grow over the next couple of years. So there's a lot of interest here. And then additionally, uh, we have actually acquired a couple companies that have Las Vegas ties so we can oh. kill two birds with one stone. We bought a um, a Rocket League community, which is the largest uh, news platform for Rocket League, um, kind of providing breaking news in the sport mm -hmm. called Shift RLE, which is uh, headquartered in Las Vegas. And we also bought a influencer uh, gaming talent agency that has ties to the Vegas area, too, called Tyrus. So we have a chance to kind of meet all of our companies and attend the conference. So it's it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, that's huge. Like, might as well uh, not knock them both out uh, while, while you're in town, get some work done, have a little fun. Um, that's awesome. That is awesome, especially the fact, too, as you're – you know, developing and, and you guys are growing as a company and looking to expand. Uh, I can only imagine just the benefits of, of having something like this where you're able to reach these people, you know, a lot easier than, say, just trying to throw out a, an email to somebody or, or, or trying to hit them up and hopefully set up a meeting or something with them uh, at this time. You know, the whole point of them being out here is not only part of the educating, uh, educating of people, but being able to have these conversations and and see what's going on in the space and, and what you guys have going on. And, hey, how can we help each other, uh, you know, do something or grow or, or create a project or something like that? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that the way emails go nowadays, that you're much more likely to respond to something if there is an event and you can meet face to face versus just mm -hmm. getting 
another email to your inbox. So it's uh, it's a great opportunity for sure. I agree. What about you, Lucas? I got to ask, what are you, what are you looking forward? I mean, obviously you're going to be a part of this uh, and, and you're kind of, uh, you know, you're, you're moderating a panel. Um, but what are you looking to get uh, just going around and, and seeing other people, um, you know, seeing other panels and, and, and meeting with other people? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm super psyched to learn uh, just <laughs> The vast, like the the diversity of companies that are going to be here is just, it's almost overwhelming to somebody coming in my position. You know, Ryan, I know that we're kind of in a unique spot, uh, at least from Land Party's perspective, uh, coming in mainly from the podcasting and journalism side. Uh, But just to kind of get a sense Mm -hmm. of, of what people who really, really have the pulse on what's happening in esports, where they're seeing the positives, where they're seeing what the real challenges are uh, and what's being done to overcome them. And, you know, I know that uh, some of our local esports representation will be out there as well. Uh, So I'm going to be fascinated to see just just how they can grow and network and, and see what's that next step from, especially for our local organizations, from building organically, how can they take that to the next level? Uh, so from my perspective, I'll be focusing a lot on following up with our, our local guys and, and seeing what happens there. Yeah, you know, and something that's really had me quite intrigued for some time, and I saw on the uh, uh, the schedule of events that they have something about it, but really, and, and, and this is just me, in, in my own opinion, but I feel that that the casino gaming sector of things is really looking into and trying to push forward with being able to uh, for pe- for folks to be able to bet on esports. Uh, we saw a little bit of it. Uh, we saw a little bit of it during the pandemic when everything shut down. There was like literally nothing going on. They did some emergency uh, uh, procedures that allowed a couple of uh, um, events to be able to have bets placed on them i think that you know once they're able to figure out what those rules regulations all that stuff uh is and they do start incorporating betting into um esports i think here in the west it's gonna really make it explode i think you will start seeing more people that are caring uh about esports and that's where a lot of this development of these of these players of these athletes and who they are will really start coming into play i think once that happens though i i think esports is going to get a a huge boon in popularity and and just more eyeballs on it whereas right now there's a lot of folks that still don't quite understand uh esports or don't actively watch it um i think it'll get people which is going to be huge to the video game industry Mm -hmm. anyway because i know that at least for me if i'm watching somebody play something i'm like oh man i should pick up this game and at least give it a shot or or check it out so i i think overall is going to be a huge boon in the west and it'll really start seeing more of that popularity grow uh so i'm curious to see and i really want to be able to attend uh that panel to see what they do have going on and and what what the direction looks like uh uh, from that perspective. I think, you know, the other big thing also to tie into that is really the fantasy sports aspect mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Um, also is big. We are working on a fantasy sports platform for Rocket League. But if you look at like, you know, the NFL and different pro sports, like the growth in those sports grew, you know, exponentially when people started playing fantasy sports. Right. You know, you learn the players, you understand what's happening. If you don't play at fantasy sports, it's much more difficult to understand what's going on. So I think that's going to be a big help as well. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That would be huge. Like I know, I know for me, like that. Like I watch games. Not that I really care about the games. I just have players that are playing in it, so I'll watch the games. So yeah, that that would make a that would make a huge difference. Man, I didn't even think about that. That'd be yeah, great. I, I never thought I would know the fourth string receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> right. <laughs> but here and that, we are. You know, that's also a great point because fantasy sports has made us all stat nerds about different sports. So that's a great way to get people mm-hmm. ready to dive in deep to a particular esport and, and learn as much as they can about it. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic point there. I hadn't I thought about that either. Uh, speaking of esports, real quick, uh, before we get into our interview, Ryan, I know the Overwatch League playoffs are in full swing. Uh, 
would any surprises from you from that first from the opening weekend there last last weekend now it was well you know and and i've kind of loosely been been following the league and what's been going on uh in 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 that sector i did feel that what was kind of surprising to me overall is seeing uh philly fusion uh so low they just did not have um the greatest of seasons and i feel like usually they're they're a pretty top tier team so that was a little surprising to me um you also have to remember too that this is the first grand finals with overwatch 2 being the main game so even though there's there's it, it's a very different feel, especially the fact that we've lost a tank. It's five v five, so you have to play you you know all your characters. You're playing very differently. Some people had some uh, uh, some changes in their kits that were made, uh, some buffs and things like that to compensate for there being one tank. But this very much is different than the other grand finals that we've seen and and that have happened. So it, it's just exciting to see them in the new mm-hmm. game playing it doing doing this stuff and whatnot let me i just want to go real quick uh to the regular season uh standing so you get a little better perspective here um but over in the west uh the top two you had dallas fuel and and the san francisco shock again san francisco is another team that that you know they're usually pretty dominant uh in in not only in the regular season but then in the playoffs as well and then over here on the east you've got dynasty and uh the shanghai dragons um, you do have fusion coming in at number three there, but in the overall tournament, uh, I think they were like a eight or nine seed. So they were kind of low there. Uh, and then looking at the bracket here, they got, they got swept, uh, day one. Uh, so that, uh, is, is brutal, uh, for them. And that takes them down to the losers bracket, but, uh, it, it's good to see it. And, and you know, something else I'd, I'd like to, to point out as well is I know that when, when, Overwatch switched over from being on Twitch over to YouTube. It was a rocky uh, right. transition. They didn't have like the the being able to collect coins or get skins. None of that stuff was in place um, when they made that switch over. Since then, that was like what two or three years ago. I want to say it might have even been longer uh, time. <laughs> what is that? Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, they they you know all that stuff is in place now. So just even having it up, you're able to get. Uh, uh, collect different uh, you're able to get coins uh, I believe that there's skins team skins that you can get I believe it's like uh, three hours of watch time or something like that and you, you get a skin I think you can have a total of 30 hours uh, that you're able to collect uh, by watching so there's that incentive to go and and check out some of the matches and stuff like that but this is exciting again this started on the 30th and it goes till the fourth so these gate or these matches are going to be going uh, throughout we've got matches uh, that are happening today uh, on the 31st and then today at Wednesday when this episode drops uh, is when we get that round three of the winners and then uh, we'll move on so on and so forth so I just wanted to bring it up because for me, it's always uh, an exciting time when that when a grand grand finals are are happening. We've got competitive back. I've been playing competitive again. I'm still trash, <laughs> but uh, you know I can climb out the depths. I can climb out the depths. I believe in myself, uh, and and hopefully we can do something. But it's exciting if 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 that is something. If you guys do watch Overwatch League, now is the time uh, to to get in and and check it out. Did, did you get a chance to to see any of the matches, Lucas? You know, honestly, not from this past weekend, uh, but it is always an exciting time. You know, Overwatch uh, as a franchise just holds a special place in my heart. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward if... Ooh, I mean, this week is just a busy week for us, but if we have some free time, yeah. <laughs> I would love to tune into some matches. Maybe, maybe I can work from home and have some in the background or something going on here. Uh, I am yeah. curious, Ryan, because I know that that since you do play uh, competitively, when you watch, like, did especially since this is is still new, uh, especially with the the new format five v five, there, have you learned? Like, do you mm-hmm. pick up on on strategies that maybe you hadn't? Uh, just kind of by by watching, especially since this is the first real go around with 
with Overwatch 2. Oh yeah, I mean it, being able to watch these athletes at this at the highest of high levels is huge for just learning different strategies that they have. The other thing too is that with this being a new game, uh, anytime you're getting into a new game, one of the biggest learning curves is just learning the maps. Where's your where's your healing packs at? Where, you know, where can I break off? Where's the high grounds at in this spot? So, um not only am I being able to, by watching, gaining strategy uh, and tips that, that they're doing, but I'm also getting a better sense of the maps where these places are. I don't know how many matches I've been where it's a new map and I'm running around looking for a healing pack because we don't have healers or or something or, so, you know, something's going on mm-hmm. and I just end up dying because I can't find one. So I, you get to learn a lot and and you're seeing just just a high competitive level uh, of, of play just gets you. It's like, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and hop on. Maybe I'm going to get a few games in and and see if I can do something. Obviously, it's not as clean as this, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try. I, I, I do some things here and there. <laughs> I, I do my best. <laughs> but, yeah, if you're interested in it, check it out. Uh, anyway, let's take a quick commercial break. We are going to be talking with Mark on the back end. Stick around for that. We'll be right back, guys. If you love listening to us here on Land Parties, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team or game, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now comes the real fun part of the episode. And Mark, let me let me just start. For people who are unfamiliar with X1 Entertainment Group, uh, tell us uh, about that and I kind of want to go back into to your history. What drew you to this opportunity? What made this so attractive to you? Yeah, so um, I actually co-founded another video game company in the 2000s that was called Fun Technologies, um, mm-hmm. which became a publicly traded company. And uh, we were really one of the first companies doing pay-to-play skill gaming. Um, and so if you're familiar, there's a company out there called Skills, which has a pay-to-play skill gaming platform on mobile devices. But we were kind of doing that on, on the desktop in the 2000s. And we had um, a site called worldwinner.com. And we basically aggregated seven to eight pay-to-play gaming sites. And eventually that business was actually sold off to Liberty Media after it grew to become a pretty large size. Um, we were probably doing about $80 million a year of revenue or so wow. with that company. And, um, and you know, just kind of going through the process of aggregating assets and building up a large company, with X1, this is kind of like the remix of that company, but in the year 2022 with more modern assets. So not really trying to reinvent the wheel, but just you know looking at some of the under the radar um, assets and opportunities out there and trying to aggregate them so the whole is greater than the individual parts. And what did you, you know, looking back, what did you learn and that do you think has, has kind of propelled you guys forward and helped you the most so far? Well, um, yeah. So one of the interesting things, you know, the video game industry, it always reinvents itself. Right. So there's you know, new technology coming out, new user experiences, new startups. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've been pretty good at is finding some of these, you know, hidden jewels out there that have built, you know, great products, have audiences but maybe those founders can't take those companies to higher levels. But when they're part of a larger organization where we could offer 
some of the, you know, back office kind of systems, maybe sales resources, um, you know, marketing resources, and, um, you know, some of these entities, a lot of these companies can flourish. And so there's, you know, a lot of great opportunities out there. So we have been out making acquisitions in 2022, where we've acquired three really interesting businesses that are all in the video game ecosystem and uh, very similar to what we did in the fun technologies business um, previously. So let me ask, what is it like exactly that, you know, aside from that, what is your, like, I guess the, the main goal, uh, in terms of, of the group, are you, are you guys just looking to stick into one sector or are you just kind of getting into multiple areas within, you know, gaming and esports, and then kind of branching out from there? Well, yeah, so we're in, we're in different sectors. So we, we, we acquired an esports organization in Europe that's called Rix.gg. And mm-hmm. um, they're pretty successful. They have a team right now that's ranked number one in Europe in Wild Rift and are, you know, progressing very well there. Um, after that, we acquired a video game talent agency called Tyrus, which has a roster of around 70 to 80 uh, video game content creators. And um, what we like there is that those, um, those creators are working with a lot of major brands out there in the market that want to reach Gen Z users. And um, the other one that I mentioned previously is we made a couple of Rocket League acquisitions as well mm-hmm. on the more mm-hmm. on the media side. We've acquired a couple um, Rocket, you know, Rocket League media and news sites. One of them is called Shift that is um, providing all the breaking news in Rocket League. We acquired another company called Octane, which is providing all of the statistical information in Rocket League. So we're actually combining those assets to almost build like an HLTV, but for Rocket League. But the one Mm -hmm. thing that all these uh, entities have in common is that we have um, sponsors or advertisers that are interested in getting involved in all areas. So can kind of spread out their uh, engagements and deployments in these, you know, diverse areas. So um, we will continue to add to build, you know, a very large network effect. But individually, as we're growing these companies, you know, we potentially could spin off some of these companies as separate entities, just if they're taking off and uh, and kind of see how it goes. Yeah, and I, you know, it's something I'm wanting to touch on too. And this is a conversation that I've had. I, I believe that we had it here on uh, Land Parties was when Netflix decided that they were going to be jumping into the gaming sector and kind of spreading out their wings a little bit just from offering uh, films and, and TV shows to the gaming sector. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Cause that, that really, that, that it was really intriguing to me, but I still feel like it, it's almost kind of being underutilized and, and it really feels like it's kind of under the radar right now. Yeah, I think I think they're walking before they run there. It, you know, it's it's a right. very expensive endeavor. And, um, you know, for them, they're looking at their numbers. Netflix reported for the first time ever a decrease in subscribers mm-hmm. in 2022. Mm-hmm. And most likely they're going to TikTok, if you think about it, like the attention span is going to the, you know, uh, lower minute type of an experience and mm-hmm. uh, and probably more for the younger demographics. So what would be the best way to maybe retain those users is add a you know video game platform um, to the you know existing offerings, and I think that's partially some of the motives that they got in there. But you also have to ask if this is a solution looking for a problem as well, mm-hmm. which we don't mm. know quite yet. And um, to me, if you're looking at the pros and cons, I think there's a lot of pros, but also a lot of cons for Netflix uh, getting involved here. Yeah. Cause you know, and, and it's cause there's some solid, there's some really solid games uh, that are on the platform. What I found was that it's a little clunky to actually get the games. Like it's not like within their app, you like go outside of the app and then like you install them independently and it's part of their portfolio. Uh, excuse me. Um, what would, what, what do you think, at least in, in your opinion, um, could be done to kind of bridge the gap there and make it a, the the user experience a little friendlier. Yeah. Well, I think right now they're a little bit more on the casual mobile games. I think yeah. that's where they're at as opposed to more the cloud mm-hmm. type of a service that they'd like to launch, which they have some expertise in. The one thing they do have going for them is the business model. So if you look at, uh, you know, Google, who just recently shut down Stadia, yep. a very tough business model there because you have to pay a monthly subscription fee plus p- um, pay for the games here. Mm. I'm guessing that you're going to have a base 
a base fee, they're going to roll the games in. So they're going to have much less friction, I think, on the business model side of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, really an insane amount of users, over 200 million um, active subscribers. So they have they have a lot of things going for them here. But I think they are going to need really the like the the stranger things of video games uh, to put a dent into this is my guess. Yeah, totally agree with that. You know, I wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned a little bit ago. And when you when you talk working with with advertisers and and wanting to uh, uh, create some sponsored content or whatnot and and engage in in these audiences uh, that some of these leagues and creators have access to, what is the key to making sure that message is produced in a way that feels authentic uh, to either a certain creator or a certain organization uh, and, and ensuring on the other side that, you know, you're, they're not taking a business deal just to take that deal and making sure that on their end that it feels like something that their audience both needs uh, and is receptive to rather than just trying to take a, a, a quick payday uh, and have something that feels unnatural. Yeah. Well, there's really two ways to go about it, right? You can take the money and just drop things in there for the, for the quick win, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at, at the end of the day, it does have to feel very targeted. I think you have to use a lot of data um, on this as well and really be thoughtful because gamers are very fickle as well. If they think something's not authentic, they will leave immediately. Mm-hmm. So right. you really have to get that right. If you don't get it right, uh, the costs are very steep, I think. Yeah, I think you're right too. And and I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I think gamers are still broadly brushed as like, they're just gamers, even though they have other things they're passionate about or other, other needs and whatnot. But finding that key to having a message uh, that is is speaks to some of their other passions uh, or what's important to them has has been, I think, a challenge for this industry and in, in finding uh, the right things and 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 just the nature of of working with creators. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons, we see creators rise and fall in popularity, which I'm sure makes things challenging on the business end of things. Uh, so it seems like that there's a lot of potential, but there's a lot that needs to be figured out. Uh, do you get a sense that that the industry is getting close to to finding um, best practices overall? I, I know obviously each situation is different, uh, but having those kind of guidelines that can lead to uh, mutually beneficial relationships, or do you think that we're still uh, kind of in, in muddied waters as we kind of work through it? Well, I think I think I think they're learning very quickly. So, um, as an example, we have seventy creators ourselves. Um, a good example is one of them. Uh, her name is Brizzy Voices, and she's a big voiceover kind of in the Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so, as an example, Warner Brothers approached her because they just put out the new um, Harry Potter. Um, gesture control wand that can you know control your television set so that's a very strong tie-in she's very engaged in the harry potter community warner brothers is putting out a harry potter magical wand tv remote that seemed like a very logical authentic Mm tie-in so i think if those are the types of deployments i think you can do really well let me ask you from from that creator uh standpoint then what would you say would be a good time then to for a creator to look into something like this? Is this something that, you know, you're still develop, developing and, and would this be a tool to be able to utilize and grow? Or um, is this something to where you're already kind of at a higher point and, and, and it's getting too much for one person to handle and you need help? Yeah, well, there, there's definitely some critical mass there. So in our world, the creators that we work with kind of have a sweet spot they have anywhere from maybe um you know tens of thousands of followers to low millions so kind of in that area where Mm -hmm. they're they're big enough where they need this help but they're not so big that they have so many resources that they can do all this on their own Mm -hmm. so but that is kind of the 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 main segment of the market would be kind of that that sweet spot we think and the nice thing that we do is we we really give time back to the creators because they're very busy there's lots of social media platforms out there. We actually manage the whole thing for them. So for our um, our creators, they create the content and we deploy it for them. We optimize it for them and basically give them time back to do what they want to do and do best. And um, one of the nice benefits is that when you do hit that critical mass, 
brands will start looking um, at you and wanting you to engage with their products with your audience. Yeah, that, no, that that uh, definitely makes sense there. I, I I'm I'm wondering, do you guys also because I I know especially within esports and even just the the gaming and social media space, it's definitely a, a young young person space for sure. Um, do you guys look into when you're working with uh, these folks into like any kind of like etiquette or like media training? Because I've seen so many young folk just completely blow their career, you know, saying something foolish on Twitter. Yeah. So so I think we've been fortunate so far um, and, and we do this. We have a couple things happening here. So we're also a public company. So we have to take a little bit of an extra um, effort here mm-hmm. when we're mm-hmm. working with people and we're really interviewing um, our partners and creators as much as they're probably interviewing us to make sure it's right. a really good fit. And, um, and, you know, a lot of this is very edgy, but at the same time, uh, you have to be a little bit more careful now because things are under the microscope more than they were a year ago, for sure. You know, going off of Ryan's question there, I think a, a lack of media awareness, uh, has been something that's been, um, frustrating or challenging from our end of things from the from a media side uh just because understandably so organizations will want to protect uh their their creators and and whatnot uh do you think i know obviously a lot of this is because of of the age and and whatnot and and just the times we live in uh but you know we see in other sports stars can also sell these leagues right you may not be a basketball fan but you know who lebron james is uh so what where where is that balance toward getting these creators ready and and willing to to at least open up a little bit or be ready to for for a media spotlight and be able to to sell stories right because i think ultimately uh regardless of if you're a huge fan of the league or not you can get behind a good story, you know, somebody overcoming whatever in their life, uh, or just a, a genuinely good person that's finding success. And and do you sense that transition starting to happen, or, or having people more willing to to let that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's for sure a trend out there. But we're still in the early days, and I think even looking at another level, we're talking more about the uh, creators out there, but even the CEOs out there. Um, you know, are also pretty wild nowadays. Um, there's been a lot of news <laughs> lately and you know, some different esports organizations and like they need media training as much as the uh, creators do as well. So it's not just mm-hmm. at that level, it's throughout, the, you know, it's throughout these whole companies. And, um, and really what it comes down to, brands are very sensitive, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. brands have to be really careful who they align, you know, align with the core values and if you step over that line, whether you're a creator or even a, you know an executive, the consequences could be you know pretty harsh. You talked about some of the acquisitions, uh, obviously that that uh, X One has made. And when you're looking into this, what makes a good fit? Like what what are you looking to? And and maybe you know four or five years down the road, what's the vision? Where where are you guys then that that you're working toward now? Yeah. So you know, and and, and as mentioned, I think. There's a lot of companies that are a little bit under the radar right now where they've, you know, they've kind of got, you know, product market fit with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They have an audience, but maybe there's a couple deficiencies in there. Maybe they're not great in monetization um, or maybe marketing and promotion. And these are areas that we specialize in. So if we think we have a core capability that can really exponentially grow one of these businesses, um, it becomes more interesting to us. And they're also looking at the people there as well. If we could do an acquisition and there are individuals there that bring more, you know, experience or core competency to our company, um, where we could leverage that talent across other businesses, that also is very interesting to us as well. Um, A good example was in the acquisition of the um, video game talent agency, uh, the individual running that, um, Amanda Solomon, also now is really our chief revenue officer as well for all of our companies. So just leveraging the talent across our, our you know, network of, of companies too. So we look at a couple of these different areas and um, and if they kind of hit the check marks, then we, you know, we're pretty interested. Is there an area that, that you guys haven't had the opportunity to step into that you'd like to? Well, you know, the, it's very overwhelming right now. So there are, there are many opportunities coming out there right now. Um, 
you know, we're, we're being pretty careful with what we, you know, how much cash we're using for acquisitions. We want to make sure mm-hmm. it kind of goes for a while. The markets are also very, you know, shaky right now. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell where the markets will be in two months from now. So you have to be a, a, you know, a little bit more conservative at this point on what you're looking at. Um, but we just also really just got going. We went public in um, July of 2022 and then made three acquisitions right away. So we're mm-hmm. moving relatively quickly and uh, we'll probably do maybe an acquisition a quarter at this point. Okay. And then, okay. um, you know, initially the acquisitions are a little bit smaller. You want to you know, grow and then maybe, you know, dip back in for, for larger transactions, which is similar to what we did in our fun technologies business, um, where mm-hmm. we made some, you know, initial small acquisitions and then went to acquisitions that were more like in the tens of millions of dollars um, versus maybe, you know, sub million dollar kind of acquisitions. So, so would you say that that would be then, I mean, I, I guess a long term term goal is as the video game industry um, and, and esports and that the whole sector, as it continues to grow, you guys would just kind of look to steady grow where it seems fit, um, but not kind of go out and overextend yourself. We've seen so I mean, there's been so many companies that kind of do that and they'll like, they'll go super hardcore in, but then, you know, a couple years down the road, they're, they're completely broke just cause they just kind of mismanaged and it expanded too fast or, or whatever. Yeah. We're, you know, we're really looking at trends. So we, if we think mm-hmm. something has a lot of legs in it, it's still early days. Um, that's also important to us. We're not just out there buying something cause it's a good deal, mm-hmm. um, or it's had you know long time historical revenues. Really, we want to get catch things on the early, the very early stage of the growth cycle, um, and so we have to be really good at just predicting where that's going to be, and uh, you know, just doubling down where we where we see these trends happening. Okay, so I have to know then, metaverse. That what are your thoughts on it? Is that something? That, that you're looking at or does it still like I, I need to see some 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 maturing there uh, a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, this is all tied to you know, metaverse, NFTs, like it's all mm-hmm. tied together, right? So what happened yep. was, you know, Facebook came out, a, you know, exactly a year ago and renamed themselves Meta, which mm-hmm. apparently was, wasn't good for their their stock price. <laughs> um, and, and, and also that's, you know, NFTs was peaking kind of at the same time, right? So people are saying, right. oh, this is a fad metaverse nfts whatever um you know everybody jumped in the reality of it you're really on v1 of this at this point and you can see this happening over the past you know 40 years where the first advent the first you know entities to jump in um only a very small percentage of those succeed it takes a year or two to really figure out the business model and the use case but i think those are those are here to stay they're just going to look very different in a year or two from now in the case of Meta, they're trying to build like a whole metaverse uh, for themselves, which is, you know, a $10 billion a year type proposition. Um, mm-hmm. What's really cool about the metaverse is like the music industry is really aggregating into yes. it. To the point where like they're breaking new music artists, like that's actually happening right now, I think, where it's a new way to break music artists is, is having, you know, concerts in the metaverse where you can have 2 million people at the show instead of, you know, 5,000. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's happening very quickly. But I think in the case of NFTs and metaverse, I would think that they're going to look very different, but they're going to be very deployed in just much different ways in the years to come. So um, I'm still pretty bullish on on those areas. If we pull back and, and kind of look at esports a little more generally here, are there trends that, that worry you or are there things that you think that the industry needs to be wary of? Well, you know, I, I think esports is where like the NBA was in 1982. So yeah. if you think about it, so <laughs> you have, you have like, you know, there's audience, there's a lot of interest, you can see it growing, but the revenue models are very immature at that point. Like you have mm-hmm. a couple of revenue models, right? At that point, but your costs are fixed costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think esports is at right now. You're seeing, uh, you know, significant audiences. There's a lot of fixed costs in esports right now. And the revenue streams coming in are still catching up to that. Um, so, so there's a little bit of an imbalance there right now, but on the good side of esports, though, while, you know, it's about a billion dollar industry at this point, I think it's going to be, you know, to about a $10 billion industry by 2030, which actually might make it bigger than 
you know, pro hockey, mm-hmm. maybe right. baseball or basketball in terms of global revenues. But um, yeah, so I, I think that's kind of what I see happening. But in the meantime, though, um, there are challenges probably with all of the, you know, the quantity of teams that are out there, probably, you know, too many teams mm-hmm. and not enough revenue sources at this minute of time. But once again, right. I, I liken it to the early 80s of the NBA and that's doing pretty well right now, I think. Um, <laughs> so, so I think I think I think this is at the same place. Like you look at the audiences. Um, like we were just at the uh, you know, Rocket League Championships a few months ago in Dallas, mm-hmm. selling out arenas, fifteen thousand people every day. Um, wow. And so, and that's even not even you know a top you know a top tier esport necessarily. Um, so you know all all the data is there. The other thing also, if you look at kids nowadays, like when I grew up. Kids were playing, you know, actual sports, uh, you know, soccer. That's <laughs> right now. You know, like, there's as many kids that are playing esports, right? Like that's mm-hmm. right. That is where they're training. So if you look at the kind of the younger age people right now, they're, they're, those numbers are so overwhelming that it just shows that in five to ten years from now, the audiences are going to be exponentially bigger in the esports category, and then the revenue streams will all push in as well that aren't there quite this minute, I think. Seems like seems like patience needs to be preached, which isn't always a hallmark of society today. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the other thing, you know, esports works well if it's part of a group. So mm-hmm. in our case, like esports is one component of what we're doing um, mm-hmm. as opposed to the only component. Mm-hmm. So if you have a brand that comes in, they might like the live aspect of esports, um, and, and, but, but, but they also may want other ways to deploy, you know, online inventory, working with creators. Um, so esports is kind of a component of a larger, uh, story, I think at this point, but I, I feel though that as we wait through the decade, um, there's going to be a lot of more revenue opportunities coming behind it that just aren't there. It's just not that mature yet. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what I like about what you guys are doing is that you're you're not all just in one sector of it. Uh, Like the gaming industry, there are a ton of things to do. And we uh, you know, we've spoken with organizations that work at the high school level, at the collegiate level uh, for esports out here in Nevada. So it's huge that these kids are getting that education. It's not just, you know, like my daughter would say, oh, I, you know, I want to be a a YouTube star like, oh, oh, there's so much more that goes into just be, you know, uh, that that goes into that. So for them to be able to, you know, it's a viable career path. And there's all kinds of different skills and skill sets that that you can have or you can utilize in that space uh, to to be able to do something and, and watch it grow. Very much so, uh, you know, kind of like you're saying. I, I feel like it's still very much in its infancy and it hasn't gotten its footing yet. But we're getting closer and closer, uh, and and people see that there are there is a ton of money out there so i think we'll be seeing more big big brands and bigger brands investing and getting involved like we're seeing now uh just at a higher level as it grows and matures yeah another really cool thing we haven't talked about it is where like you know vr is going right now Mm -hmm. with oculus and what that's going to mean because i i don't know if you tried it but there's like an nfl pro era vr game that you could do where where you're the quarterback but effectively, mm-hmm. you are the quarterback, like you're you're in an environment where you're in a space and you could actually roll out and, and basically play the sport. So it's pretty interesting to kind of think about where that could be in five to 10 years as well. You could be in an actual pro sport, but doing it virtually with your actual body movements. And I think that's going to be something as well um, to look forward to. It's interesting that you say that because I, I I bet that there's also going to be growth in like utilizing those technologies for physical therapy and for elderly care and things like that. I guarantee because you are you saw it with like the Wii where they're using that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it'll be huge uh, for that sector as well and being able to at least simulate people being able to get out and do things and at least get some physical activity in. Yeah, the scary thing too, like if you, if you see where it's at right now, it's pretty darn close to to actual reality mm-hmm. even today. <laughs> so it's like like to think of where this is going to be in five to ten years from now. Like if you want to go to the Louvre and 
Paris with your friend right now and right. walk around, that's pretty realistic right this second. So you could only imagine in five to 10 years what's going to be capable there. I got to sneak in Again. A, a Vegas. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I got to sneak in a Vegas based question here. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, how Vegas uh, is drawing a lot of events, obviously, conventions. It, this is always an appealing place. Uh, but you know, I don't want to take for granted when we say, hey, we think Vegas is becoming a, a great destination for esports uh, of all kinds here. How do you think mm-hmm. Vegas fits into the landscape here and, and being uh, an entertainment destination into the esports scope here? Well, it's not just esports, right? Because look at pro sports. Right. Like Vegas was nowhere mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. What's Vegas have now? We've got hockey, football, the A's, I think, are potentially moving there That's, as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have four pro sports in Las Vegas, right? In a matter of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's very natural evolution. And you have the completion of the building of that new MSG sphere, I think, mm-hmm. that yep. is um, basically almost ready at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's really it's really a, a central meeting hub for all of this. So it, it makes a lot of sense that esports is going to have a you know very big position and Vegas is going to be very important in that whole ecosystem, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah, I love it. It's it's exciting times. You're right. The MSG sphere is very close to completion. Uh, yeah, you know, the A's, we'll see. Trending, looks like they're trending to coming, but we'll we'll see. The NBA sounds like eventually they're going to be here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 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 been fascinating. Well, and, and they surely can support it, right? Because they are selling out those venues. It's like people right. are thinking, well, can they really get people? Like, is there, are you going to get 75,000 people? Everything's sold out. Like there is probably the most expensive ticket like in the country to get a Las Vegas pro sports ticket relative to other markets just because there's so much demand for it. Um, so I think it's a great, you know, there's, there's some great opportunities there for sure. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Mark, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please tell everybody where can, uh, people find more information, X1 entertainment group laid on us, brother. Yeah. If you want to learn more about us, you can go to our X1 ENT.com site. Um, you could also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn and, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to, to, uh, talking again in the near future for sure absolutely we'll try to yeah let's see if maybe we can be uh link up here the next couple of days at the summit uh that'd be awesome absolutely thank you so much uh lucas what do you got going on this weekend my friend i know it's busy hopefully you'll get a little downtime you know the funny thing is and i won't say what we're doing yet because it's still a surprise uh to my girlfriend but friday <laughs> It, the the, oh, the yeah. craziness continues. Uh, so I, I'm going to be honest with you. This weekend <laughs> is, is probably just going to be doing nothing. <laughs> like I feel like I'm going to be light <laughs> this weekend, uh, but in a good way. Hopefully, we're celebrating a big win. Uh, I'm going to just keep speaking that out loud. <laughs> and <laughs> Put it into the universe. Right? And playing some more Marvel <laughs> Snap, honestly. like I, I could pretend not, but I'm still, it still has its claws just sunk into me. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, same thing. I'm excited for Friday. I keep forgetting about it and then remembering about it. Uh, but that's going to be amazing. Uh, and, and then for me, I, I, I got to get back on. I have not played destiny two here in a little bit. I have completely slacked off. I've been on that overwatch Two grind, uh, modern warfare two just dropped as well. So I started grinding that. So I'll probably be jumping between games, but I am also looking forward to hopefully not doing much of anything, uh, because I need it. I've been, I've been, my work, my work schedule has been crazy as far as uh, the amount of editing and stuff like that that I've got going on. But uh, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and and baby's in daycare now. So things are going to be all right. <laughs> and I hope things are all right for you guys. Uh, don't forget, hit us up on the socials at Land Parties Pod, at Lucas Egan, or at Smitty2447. Again, thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. And you already know what it is. We love your faces. 